Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. This entire month we're talking about community, the idea of coming together in what I think of as sacred community in a way. We're here for the laughs, we're here for the joy, we're here for the music, we're here for the Sunday experience. But I think we're also here for each other in a more fundamental way than just those things. And so I do want to talk about that a little bit today. Last week we talked about the fallacy of the rugged individualist. Remember that, that idea of I can, you know, go out into the forest and build my own home and skin the bear myself and, you know, make jerky out of it. And I, I don't know. That idea of I don't need anybody or anything. And of course we contrasted that with someone who's maybe entirely dependent instead of independent, and found really that there is something besides just being in the middle. Instead of just being in the middle, we discuss the idea of interdependence, that we are all here to be both dependent and independent, to help each other and be helped with each other. And we, I hopefully, dispelled that old idea that it is better to give than receive. It is equally good to give and to receive. It's the nature of interdependence. And then I segued, uh, hopefully successfully, into the idea of, uh, of spiritual interdependence, you know, how a, how a community can come together in that idea of give and take, that idea of supporting one another. And today I want to amplify that by talking about the gift of service, because you've probably realized, even from last week, how do we become interdependent? In a community, it's through our service to each other. It's through our commitment of love to one another. It is through the idea that I am here to stand with you and for you. And I do want to talk about the difference between volunteerism and service, because at least in my head, there's a little bit of a difference. Some, some churches approach this from the idea of volunteers, and you're in service to the church or the spiritual center. And, and sometimes you'll see things carved up by, by function in a way. So, so, you know, we, we need to have so many ushers and greeters. And so then I'll track down volunteers to be an usher and greeter for the church. Well, that's not really the way that I look at service. I don't think any of us are in service to this church. If you think about it, what we talked about last week, that's kind of implying that idea of dependence again. The church is dependent on your time, your talent, and your treasure. The church doesn't need your time, talent, and treasure. Yeah, I actually said that. Board of, uh, board of Directors, yes, I, I did actually say that. The church does not need your time, your talent, and your treasures. But we all do. We all do need those things. But it's not, it's not in service to this place. It's not in service to a physical location. It's not in service to a, a certain way of doing things. We're in service to each other because we are of each other. 
I want to thank Nadine for that lovely prayer of unity today. Thank you, Nadine. Because really that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being individualized centers of spirit itself. Each one of us, both the giver and the receiver of all of the blessings of life. And so here, when we talk about volunteerism, I really think of it more as each of us serving each other, not not the center. Again, the, the center only exists as, a, I guess you would say, an atmosphere, only exists as a way for us to come together to celebrate on Sundays, and, and well, and beyond Sundays. It only exists so that we can be God showing up for other parts of God. And so when we talk about volunteerism here, it really is that idea of community interdependence. Let's segue into the idea then of what it means to be a volunteer here that might be a little differently when you think of volunteering in other ways. And I think a good segue might be a joke. But of course, you are always the judge of that. So a minister is walking down the street one day when he notices a very small boy trying to press a doorbell on a house across the street. However, the boy is so small and the doorbell is so high. Well, after watching the boy's efforts for a bit, the minister's natural desire to be of service kicks in. He runs across the street, walks up behind the little fellow, placing his hand kindly on the child's shoulder. He leans forward and gives the doorbell a good solid ring. The minister smiles down at the boy. And now what, my little fellow? To which the boy replies, now we run. (laughs) And so, so what does it mean to be of service? Can it not just be our honest and spontaneous desire to help one another? See, I think it is. Um, You may have noticed uh, since the pandemic, some of the service opportunities around here have shifted a little bit. We used to have a, a really robust coffee service, almost like a little meal going on on Sundays. And of course, during the pandemic, that waned a little bit. We tried putting some feelers out. Well, and we are going to have actually a lovely presentation, a lovely celebration with food after this service to honor our volunteers. But, but in general, we didn't find people that were interested in really bringing that level of a coffee service back to PCSL. And you know what? I was totally fine with that. Because being of service is something you feel called to do, not to be coerced into, not to, not to fill a slot. I like to think that when I'm in service to you all, it's because I love what I'm doing. And I'm equally served by being in service. Is that a concept that everyone is familiar with? Of being served while you're in service. It's actually that sense of of it being a blessing, whether you're greeting someone at the door, whether you're helping to keep the place clean, whatever it might be. And oh my gosh, we have so many people in service here, uh, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But I'm hoping that and trusting that every single one of us here in service is getting something out of it, is feeling like that service is right here. It's that expression of love that's freely given and then returned to us, mirrored back to us as part of how we feel about this place. 
And so I I do want to use an example here, if you don't mind. And I'm even going to name some names here, and, and, and I hope that's okay. I hope no one's being embarrassed by being called out for their service. Um, but I want you to guess, what do you think causes people to come back to PCSL, this center, the second time? Now, the first time, we're in the internet age, right? Everybody who comes in the first time these days pretty much has listened to a talk or seen pictures of the place. Everybody kind of knows what to expect. So that, that's what gets them here the first time. Guess what? And this has been proven by national church surveys, by the way, too. It's not just our center. Guess what has people coming the second time? It's whether the place is clean and attractive. Did any of you guess? When I first read that survey, it totally blew me away. It totally blew me away. People are initially attracted, yes, to a decent speaker and great music and what they can see on the internet. This looks like my people. I'm going to go there and check them out. But they will not come back if the place isn't clean and attractive. And so I would like to start our thank yous and and our service awards today by mentioning the people who make this place clean and attractive. It's the first impressions. It's that welcoming presence. It's the cleanliness. It's the the sense of being greeted by people that are warm and friendly. So so I want to call out, first of all, our clean team. Now, a lot of churches hire this done, right? They have a janitorial service. We have folks that lovingly give their service to keep this place tidy and clean. So first of all, the clean team, Laura McGuire, Debbie Pettijohn, Bev Simpson. We also have what I think of as the deep clean and repair team. Jason Hutchison has done painting, repair. He was on his knees with some kind of tool cleaning the grout back there the other day. And the many people, of course, that have attended our cleanup days. Uh, recently, uh, Bud Roberts involved in, in having our carpet more safely reattached. We also, though, have you noticed every Sunday these beautiful flowers? There's also something about the aesthetics of walking in somewhere that draws you to. So, Kat Jacobs, thank you so much for our beautiful flowers every Sunday. So often they come from her own yard, uh, but when that doesn't prove well, she's out at the, you know, the floral markets and things. What a blessing. The other thing in terms of first impressions, of course, is our ushers and greeters. And so I'd like to just mention what a wonderful job Susan Firebeck, Aaron Hurt, Sandy Liebold, Nadine Muller, Brad Parks, Charlotte Parks, Al Shaw, Thea Taylor, and Andy Tureen provide in that area. It makes such a difference to have a friendly face welcome you. Even, even if it all it was was the smile, right? That's the invitation to return. That's that sense of, oh my gosh, I am welcome here. We do have limited hospitality. Many Sundays we do have that scaled-down coffee only, and I want to thank Marcy Beck, Marcia Hudson, and Al Shaw for doing that so often. We used to have a huge level of what I would think of as marketing going on in the bookstore. We don't even have the bookstore open every Sunday anymore, again, because 
why we didn't have people that really felt like they wanted to serve in that way anymore, which I think is totally great. When the bookstore is open, however, uh, thank you to Marcy Beck, Charles Bivens, Maggie Brett-Turin, Laura Marie, Laura McGuire, Pam Mitchell, and Debbie Pettijohn. And so you might think of these in many ways as our first responders, the people that make that first impression so that people want to come back. So if I called your name, uh, or if you fit in any of those categories, would you please stand so that we can applaud you? And I think Debbie Pettijohn can zip around and hand out these very, these very coveted service badges. Uh, and I'll laugh about the, the service badges because Marcy Beck and uh, Kathy Batten and I were busy making them ourselves on Friday. So I don't know how professional they are, but I think they're lovely. And they were designed by Shanae Simmons, too, one of our, our folks that attends remotely on Sundays. So thank you all. But you know what? Uh, there's more than just the front line, too. There is the idea of keeping this place running. And in particular, something we've been working on for a couple years is the idea of expanding our community, of reaching out to find new people. So far, I've just been describing what we do for people who make it here <laughs> on a Sunday. Uh, and uh, we've also, especially since the pandemic, been trying to appeal to a broader audience even an international audience. And the idea is, how do we expand just beyond the people that we would know and love who make it here physically on Sunday? And to that end, we've put together a marketing team. Uh, we've beefed up our sound and video team. We have an education team that has been re-geared up for doing things using Zoom technology and teaching classes online. Um, you may have noticed in the announcements today, we're starting our Connection Circle volunteers to be able to have small group activities that take place outside of, of here and often attract people from far and wide. We've had a strategic planning team, a harvest team, and a visioning team. I'm going to call out some names, but the idea behind this is we're no longer that little spiritual center down the block. In today's world, we reach out and understand people beyond just the folks who would generally come here on Sunday and also make ourselves available to them. And so our marketing team, Laura Perkins, June Gums, and Marie Walters, they work on our newsletter, they work on our website. Uh, they're some of the people that you actually met first, you just didn't know you met them. When you went to that website, right, uh, you met them, you just didn't know you met them. We also have, of course, had to beef up our sound and video, and I want to thank Rick Smith, Mark Steele, Mark Pettijohn, Albert Chen, Charlie Landis, who's being trained to be our back up. Just the training wasn't complete yet for today. And then a, a special shout out to Jim Bowie, who has single-handedly edited, what, 12 years worth of podcasts? Yeah, he has been my chief podcast editor from the beginning. And last time I checked, we have 12 years worth of Sundays backed up there. I know I edited a few of them myself, but, but I think he actually edited most of them. 
And then to spend a few moments on our education team. What you may not realize is, although we get some of our curriculum from home office, from the main headquarters, most of our educational material has either been written locally or retuned for local delivery. And so I want to call out our education team, Reverend Marilyn Sprague, Nancy Ashley, Kate Barrett, Kathy Batten, and Donna Wallace. They're the folks that you will see in uh, in all of our classes. They're the folks that have fine-tuned that material so that it actually works on Zoom. Many of our classes, when they come to us from home office, they're expecting people with a table in front of them, right? And a lot of the exercises and activities that go on in those classes as they come from home office are not intended for an online audience. And so these uh, people have really worked hard at recreating that material in a way that works well online as well as on person. Now, I started composing a list of the people involved in helping with connection circles, and then I realized that I would be up here for an hour and 15 minutes, because we've been doing connection circles for a number of years now, and have had dozens of hosts and hundreds of participants. And so let me thank you as a group. You are amazing. That's what allows our Sunday message to really get out into the world in a meaningful way. We advertise them on Facebook. We advertise them in email. Uh, we advertise them in a variety of ways, and we therefore attract people in from literally all over the United States. And so a wonderful program. Uh, major kudos, of course, to Reverend Marilyn Sprague for putting them on, but know that you are valued if you're participating in a connection circle. And we just opened them up for fall this year. So if you don't even know what I'm talking about, sign up for one. They're fabulous. Um, I also, again, want to talk in more general terms about our strategic planning team, our harvest team, and our visioning team. Again, over the last couple years, it's been a variety of people involved. But what this is signifying is that we're really looking ahead. We really have a fundamental strategic plan for the next five to ten years. And, uh, and then we've put together some additional plans through what we call our harvest team and our visioning team to begin moving towards the idea of online membership as well as in-person membership. And we're making great strides in that. So if I have mentioned your name, or if you've been in any of these groups, this expanding the community group, please stand, and we'd like to applaud you. So Connection Circle people, yeah, please. And if you haven't gotten a coveted service award badge yet, (laughs) please stand, She'll, she'll get you one. And then finally, I want to concentrate on another group of people. In a way, they don't need to be recognized because they're doing it out of pure love. And sometimes when you do things out of pure love, you almost don't want it to be recognized, right? It's the gift that is given so very freely, and the the pleasure, the reward is in the service itself. And so my fear is some of these people may be a, a bit shy about standing or being acknowledged, but, but I have to do it. And, and these, I guess you might think of in some ways as the behind-the-scenes people, 
but they're also, in a way, the out-front people. And you'll see what I mean. First of all, I want to acknowledge our music team. Now, you see them every Sunday, and the principal players are actually paid. They're, they're not traditional volunteers. And yet, what I notice about the Friends Band, what I notice about LaRonda Steele, is that so often they're giving way more than their hour to two hours that we pay them. And so I do want to single out LaRonda Steele, Ken Brewer, Don Schultz, Jim Solberg. Yes, you are on our paid staff, but I, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, very often I'll wander in here on a Saturday and here they are rehearsing. So, so what I know is they are volunteers as well. And, and what a blessed service we have from our music team. I also want to mention Kristen Amundsen, Marcy Beck, Paulette Holly, and Michelle Shivak. They're the folks that do our in-service songs. Amazing talents in their own right. Uh, thank you. What a pleasure it is to have such internal talent. They are not paid. They're doing it out of pure love. Uh, thank you so much. I also want to highlight something that's somewhat new. We have a stewardship committee. A lot of churches, you know, do kind of a hit-and-run thing around money. Uh, Let me explain. Uh, Nothing illegal, I assure you. Uh, But it seems like once a year they'll have some elaborate pledge program. And and it's kind of like Jerry Lewis telethon kind of intensity. And our home office is saying, you know, that's maybe not as effective as treating yourself as a nonprofit. And nonprofits really are doing their job of proving value all year long. And so we have formed a stewardship committee with the idea of letting you know how we're doing all year long so that it's not like a telethon once a year where we have to sing our songs and do our tap dances, and then maybe you'll honor us with your gifts. Instead, the idea is we'll be letting you know how we're doing all year long and encouraging you to give as you are able throughout the year rather than just focusing on a, on a one-time kind of thing. So I want to thank Kristen Amundsen, Helen McCann, and Shanae Simmons for working on that. And that leads me right into our board of directors. Our board of directors, of course, donate their time, their effort, and their talents totally gratis. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. Kristen Amundsen, Cheryl Collins, Helen McCann, Nadine Moeller, Bud Roberts, Shanae Simmons, Bev Simpson, and Rick Smith. Bless you. Thank you. You are awesome. What a wonderful job you do. And then last but not least, and then I promise I'll be done with the names, I almost can't talk about this, because by now you've probably gathered that nearly everyone that comes here is in service throughout the year. And it just, uh, well, I don't know how to say other than it just makes me feel overwhelmed with love. And again, it's not being of service to the church. It's not being of service to me, although I feel that way sometimes. It's really us being interdependent with each other, bringing about a place of love and joy for all. And so last but not least, I do want to mention our uh, licensed practitioners. In particular, during the pandemic, they have kept our lunch with Reverend Larry alive. They have kept our Wednesday night meditations alive. They have done so much for the health and the contribution of this place, especially when we were shot down. They really kept things moving. So Nancy Ashley, Kate Barrett, Kathy Batten, Marcy Beck, Annette Bolster, Sean Larkin, 
Sandy Labeled, N- Nadine Muller, Laura Perkins, Catherine Richer, Andy Tureen, Donna Wallace, and we're so popular, we even have two practitioners that don't belong to us. Anne Forrest Burns and Sylvia Kearns, who, uh, who don't actually come here on Sunday, but yet have been such a force in keeping especially our Wednesday night meditations alive. What a blessing that has been. And I do want to just call out in particular the Wednesday night folks are Nancy Ashley, Kate Barrett, Kathy Batten, Anne Forrest Burns, and Sylvia Kearns in particular have been involved in our Wednesday night meditations. Oh, Sean Lark, too. I, somehow I did not see the little dot next to his name. Anyway, bless you and thank you. And finally, a, a little shout out in particular to Nancy Ashley for maintaining both Transcendence and the Social Justice Book Club through the many months uh, that we were online. So let me summarize. This was like the weirdest Sunday talk ever, right? But, but, There were actual things I said. So in summary, how do we show our interdependence? It's through love and service. And it's one of the things that does attract people here. It is that smile when you come in. It is that sense of belonging, that there is something larger than just ourselves as individuals going into this place. I also mentioned that our service ideally isn't to the center. This building doesn't need you all, but I do. And each one of the people here and the people who are generally standing by on Facebook Live and our our larger audience, they do need you. It's interdependence. We are here all for one another. We talked about expanding our service to the community and to the world. When our interdependence expand... So does love and connection. Have you thought about that? Belonging is such an essential human need. Belonging to something more than just myself, even more than just my family. If you've looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like the third ring, right? I mean, first we do need to be able to exist. We need air and we need food. And the second ring is uh, housing and safety. But what's number three in Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's being social, it's being with our friends, it's being interdependent, it's being part of a loving community. And so thank you all for fulfilling that interdependent need that we have for each other. Thank you all for being loving and welcoming. Thank you all for your service in in the so many ways that exists here. So ideally, our service is both giving and receiving at the same time. That's the last thing, and that's the thing I want to end with. When you are in service, you are receiving service. And if it isn't the case, you probably ought to be doing something else, right? When we give from the heart, it comes at at such an easy pace. It, it, It comes from that place of love and joy. Now, handily, you may have noticed in your program, there is a little flyer that invites people who maybe haven't been in service to be in service. If you'd like, of course, you can fill that out. Maybe you want to change the areas that you've been in service in the past and try something new. We're always open to allowing people to follow their heart and be in service here. So I'm going to close with an Ernest Holmes quote and a prayer. 
Ernest Holmes, the founder of The Science of Mind, had this to say in a Holmes Reader in Practical Wisdom. He says, Compassion and service are the ties that bind us together in mutual understanding and in the unified attempt to uncover the divinity that exists in each one of us. Compassion is the most gentle of all human virtues. It and service are the outpouring of the divine givingness to all and through all. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, only this one thing. And when I look out into this room, I'm seeing it. I am seeing it. This, this is God in each heart, in each soul, in each set of hands. And I give such thanks for it. What a blessing it is to be in this interdependent community where we're here for one another, where we stand for something, where we represent God in action every day. I give thanks for this. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. So thank you so much for being here today. Uh, My pleasure. I know not the usual Sunday talk. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.